Today's episode is going to be different. I think it's something that every single one of you will benefit from. And it's also from someone that many of you will know. We are getting on one of Australia's best relationship experts. You'll recognise his voice straight away from Australia's most popular TV show, Maths. It's none other than John Aiken. He really is a brilliant mind, a beautiful, caring person, but he's also he's also direct. You know, he tells you what you need to hear, and I'm a huge believer that you know, wrapping things up in cotton wool or wrapping people up in cotton wool or not telling people the the important truth doesn't necessarily help them in the long run. So we're going to rattle things a little bit today. We're going to shake things up a bit. You're going to hear some really important, hard truths about how you can get into a relationship or improve the relationship that you're in. I'm Sam Wood. This is The Wood Life. Let's get into it. John Aiken, welcome to The Wood Life. Uh, it is a pleasure, Sam. So I've been you, looking forward to this. I have too, mate. I have too. So you may recognise that voice. It is the straight shooting, very direct, highly, highly insightful man from Maths, married at first sight. I'm not a Maths diehard. I have to, I have to yeah. tell you that I have, have seen um, bits and pieces from certain seasons, but you have to be living under a rock in this country to not know what's going on with Maths when it's when it's in full swing because it really is such a such a huge TV show. And I mean, I want to talk to you today about relationships, and I want to talk to you today about a few questions that I get regarding relationships and how it impacts people's health. But before we do that, from a fitness perspective. Yeah. I often hear that it's it's almost always from women who have an unsupportive husband or partner. Yeah. And they they really struggle, particularly for sustainable change when they're on this kind of transformation journey or get my health on back on track journey, because they feel that they are completely unsupported, you know, jokes. You eat the rabbit food, in inverted commas, I'll have a real meal, you know, oh, off you go again for your stupid workout, you know, stu- just always always talking it down. Another one of these exercise things that will last five yeah. minutes, you know, you'll be back on the couch eating the Tim Tams with me before we know it, all this kind of crap that yeah. they say. Undermines them. Undermining, mm. yeah, a- and, and it really hurts them. I sort of know what the advice probably needs to be to the husband, <laughs> but- what is your advice to the the person who's not receiving that supportive advice? Well, the bottom line is they're going to get to that goal much faster if they're working as a team than if they're working on their own and being undermined by their partner. So they do need, if they can, to get their partner on board. Now, the way that they do it is by creating empathy. People don't change if you just say, hey, do it different. But they'll start to change if you say, you know what, when you have a go at me like that, when you call me, you know, fat or when you say, you know, why don't you tuck into the Tim Tams, it undermines me. I feel unsupported. I, uh, I feel um, 
sort of small and not important to you. And I would love it if you could be my cheerleader. If you say that to somebody, it's very hard for them to sit there and not have an impact on them. Yeah. Because feelings is what essentially gets people on board. And too often when I see a couple, they'll say, I've told him to help more with the kids. I tell him every day. I yell at him. He just doesn't do it. I say, well, how you're bringing that up is the issue. And you need to hit him with feelings rather than just pointing out what he's doing wrong. And once you do that, you then get the person to empathize. They start getting on board. So, you know, because you don't want to be a partner and hearing that you make your, you know, loved one feel small, undermined, unsupported. You want to be their cheerleader. When you hear that, you'll start getting on board. And so those people in that situation, you've got to, you got to hit them with feelings rather than where they're going wrong. Mm, love that advice. And that's that's the key. And often, unfortunately, on maths, what you'll see is a lot of blame, a lot of defensiveness, a lot of criticism, personal attacks. But what you don't hear is vulnerable feelings. And that's where you get your action. <laughs> love that. So powerful. And there will be thousands of Woodlife listeners who will benefit from that. And it's interesting. I mean, I obviously it's quite interesting for me talking to you because I met my incredible wife the way I did. <laughs> and maths is kind of like the bachelor on yes, steroids. <laughs> yes, you know? very much so. It, it's the, you know, the real extreme version. But I mean, never in my wildest dreams did I think I would meet someone in that way. And obviously you are an integral part of some wonderful stories that have come out of that show. But then I was thinking as I was driving to meet you today, you know, what a unique opportunity is to talk to you about the, the power of those relationships. And and I'd love I'd love you to give your top tips to our listeners based on what you see over and over again. You know, maybe what are the biggest mistakes people make with their relationships? I'm sure you don't have your top five up your sleeve or anything, but what are the what are the biggest mistakes people make when it comes to sabotaging relationships? Mm, mm. Well, if you're if you're at home listening to this and you're thinking about your relationship, that's good because you want it to be front and center of your mind. Mm. But ultimately, the things that you can do uh, that you want to avoid, one would be uh, spending way too much time on your phone, technology mm. getting in the road of your connecting. You see it in the cafes, Sam a couple sitting there, someone's trying to have a conversation, the other person's head down on the phone. So that is is a sign that things uh, are not working well. I would also say that you don't have time for each other uh, during the day uh, to make little connections. You know when you and Snares, you wake up in the morning and you might have a little coffee together, just map out the day, or when you come home at night, uh, you kiss, you greet each other, uh, you have a glass of wine before you know you go to bed. Those little moments of connecting are very important, but couples, when they get into trouble, they let go of those. Another issue would be the way you bring up things that are on your mind, gripes, if you like. You see it on maths a lot. They bring it up with a sledgehammer. Yep. You know, you always, you never, <laughs> yep. uh, in, instead of bringing it up softly. Uh, and, and, and what you need to realise is, is good listening comes from good speaking. So if you're really bad at bringing things up and you go hard and loud and you've got contempt in your voice, it's going to go badly. So that's another uh, key issue. I think another one as well I would say is 
that you don't have shared goals or dreams together. You know, you're just kind of complacent, you're going along, but you haven't thought about, you know, the way in which you want to grow your finances or raise the kids over the next five years, the living arrangements, even holidays where you're going. So, so pe- if you don't see eye to eye on those things, yeah. is that a deal breaker? Or it's, ha- it's not a deal breaker, but what you want to do is you want to get into each other's shoes and find out why it's so important that Sam wants to sit on the beach, you know, in Cabo while Snez wants to go, uh, you know, to Aspen and uh, go on a ski holiday. You, you want to make sure that you, you get a greater understanding of where each other are at. But if you're you know, communicating poorly, you're not connecting, your head's in the phone and technology, uh, and you don't have dreams. I would say those areas there are signs to me that you're, uh, you got problems. Yeah, I love that. I think, I think, I mean, even I'm not, I would never sit here to proclaim that Sinez and I have a perfect relationship. I absolutely am guilty of some of those things and was nodding and, uh, I will listen back to this episode and make sure I address some of those. I mean, it's funny, isn't it? Because, you you know, we've attacked it by rather than saying, what are the things that you should do? We have said, you know, Mm. these are the things that you want to avoid. Yeah, but I think that's that's better. It's more helpful. And and interestingly, I think with Married at First Sight, people watch it and go, oh, we're learning what not to do. Yeah. Through certain behaviours, certain ways in which people don't get along. And that can be just as powerful as someone sitting there saying, here's your top five secrets to happily ever after. And you know what's interesting? While I was listening, and I bet this is the case for many of our listeners too, I justify a lot of those things that I'm doing wrong because of kids. Yeah. It's just, you know, I would be more connected. I would be more present. I would have more time for you if I wasn't just so all consumed and exhausted by running around after four kids. Yeah. And by the time all of that happens, I'm kind, you know, my battery is zero, you know, and, and it's not yeah. um, it's not a justification because if all those things don't happen, I can absolutely see how they can be the beginning of relationships starting to fray at the edges. But what do you have different advice for parents? I mean, Snez and I both do this, you know, oh, it's, you know, yeah, but we don't have help here, you know. Mm. Snez's family's in Perth and my family's in Tassie and being Macedonian, she's not that comfortable giving responsibility of our children being looked after to babysitters and that kind of thing. She yeah. prefers to do it herself and and I understand that and there's a lot about that that I love but then at the same time we are always tired and we don't have a lot of time for each other. I mean we recently we have made Wednesday night date night. It's amazing how much it, that's you know it's four hours out of 168 for the week, but God, it's been a it's been a game changer for yeah. us. Look, I think what you're talking about there is very real for everyone that's had kids. You know, your relationship really there's there's two relationships pre kids, yep, <laughs> where, where Sam and Snez, you know, go out anywhere they like, they holiday, they you know stay out late, they sleep in, they eat anything they like, and so we never had that when Snez and I met. Evie was nine, nearly 10. Yeah. And so we see a lot of our friends who are couples, yep. pre-kids, this is our last Europe trip. Mm-hmm. This mm-hmm. is our last, you know, it's the last hurrah, this, the last, you know, Snez and I haven't even had a, a honeymoon, you know, and, and look, I'm not here with my violin, but I just, it's just interesting that because we 
we obviously met through ridiculous circumstances. Maybe when I say, oh, you've had plenty of dates. Yeah, not quite the r- dates that no. I would have imagined no, <laughs> having no. TV cameras pointed our face. But yeah. it was kind of that to being flung into the public spotlight to, you know, then Snares and Evie coming over from Perth to Melbourne to live and yeah. seven years has gone by incredibly quickly. And I feel like I would love nothing more than just to spend 10 days on a holiday with Snares. Yeah. You know, it's an, it is an interesting one where you you say the before and the after because we never had the before. No, and and you're, you're absolutely right. So you've essentially created your relationship where you've already got one child and then you've had more since then. And ultimately what you've got to do is you've got to, in a way which makes them feel special even though you're not getting a lot of time with them. So it's got to be doing little things daily and often rather than flowers once a week. So what that means is texts through the day between you and your partner when you've got kids is very important and you get back to them. You don't ignore the texts. It's the little coffee in the morning before the kids get up or the glass of wine at the end of the day or you know, binge watching an episode on Netflix in bed, just the two of you. When you do go to bed, go to bed together. So these little moments of connecting is very important. Also, it's very vital when you've had kids that you two know what's going on within each other's days. And that means asking questions all the time. So you want to know, you know, what it is that uh, were the, the challenges with the kids today? What was their sleep time? You know, where did you go for coffee today with your friends? You had a meeting with the mother's group. What was that like? Get to know the names of them. So you're really deep diving on, on their world because the more you know about each other's inner world, then the stronger the bond is. And it's absolute, particularly when you had kids, it's very easy just to drift and not know what's gone on during the day. Another one I would say, which is very important, I'd say this is the biggest relationship skill I think you can have as a couple that's going to put you in good stead is at the end of every day, you've got to have a debrief where you say to your partner, tell me about the things that have been stressing you out today. And when they tell you what they are, you listen and you don't fix no solutions, <laughs> no advice, no how-tos. Mm. That is the biggest single conversation that you can have with your partner every day. And then when you've had that, you flip it. And so your partner says, now you've heard from me, tell me about you, what's stressing you out? And that that person listens and under no circumstances do they give out advice. So what you're doing there is you're saying, I've got your back, uh, I empathise with you, I'm siding with you, but I'm not going to fix it. And mm. what happens is it just absolutely just gives you this wonderful sense of, wow, it doesn't matter how bad things get, my partner has got my back. And if you can do that every day, I would say that is the single biggest relationship intervention I can give any couple. Mm. It's, that, it's, that it's such, transformative. Yeah, that is such brilliant advice. Because we typically like to fix and we want to get our partner out of their stress, but they don't need that. So I not only try to fix, when Snez asks me, I'm not vulnerable enough and I pretend nothing's wrong. Yeah. We're, we're, yeah. we're getting no, places no, no, here, no, Sam. I'm good. I'm good. Yeah, aren't we? Should have Snez in here and we could have a full <laughs> intervention. I didn't realise how- Well, uh, I mean, this is the thing, though. You don't realise no, uh, no, until no. someone tells you in a very practical way, well, all we'd have to do is have a 15-minute conversation at the end of the day with a glass of wine. We listen. We side with our partner and we don't fix. That's not too hard to do. 
but it, it absolutely overhauls your relationship. It transforms it. Yeah, I love that. So we've spoken about couples. Yes. What about all our um, legendary single listeners that are out there? What is your advice to them to, you know, if they want to, some people are very comfortable being single, yeah. but if they want to be in a relationship, do you have any go-to advice for them that you have seen has had success? Well, I'm going to go down the path that we went down last time, sure. which is uh, no, what, what not to what do. Not to do. <laughs> yep. Yep. So, uh, you know, when you're meeting a love interest for the first time, you want to stay away from people that have red flags. You're not going to change them. I wondered you're, how long it would be till you yeah, said red yeah, flags. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let me make it clear. You're not special enough to change people. Right. You know, and, right. and the red flags that you're seeing. If that guy's 45 minutes late, if that guy is really rude to the waiter at the mm. restaurant, if that guy is uh, ringing you at midnight to come around, if that guy says, hey, uh, I've got a lot on my plate right now, I'm, I'm not looking for anything serious, these are red flags, you're not special enough to change him, so move on. So I think red flags is a big thing. Yep. You've got to stop going after uh, people with those red flags and dating down. That's what I would say. Dating down is going out with someone who's bad for you. I remember someone saying to me or hearing, you know, you date at your level of self-esteem. So if you keep going out with the wrong types, it's because you don't like yourself. So uh, the, the other thing I'd say with regards to dating is you better have good self-esteem, otherwise you're just going to keep attracting very bad people that will treat you badly. So look after yourself. And yeah, you're in a space, Sam, where physical health, well-being, you know, eating well, sleeping well, all of these things are so important for how you're treating yourself. And if you're not looking after you, you are going to keep dating down. Closely associated with that is, you know, you don't want to keep repeating patterns. So when you get out of a relationship, grab a friend and say, all right, hit me between the eyes. What was wrong with this, uh, this guy? You know, why was he so bad for me? Also, how did I contribute to this? Mm. What have I got to do differently moving forward? And what do I need different out of my next partner? Very few people would do that, though. Very few people do it. And, and you see it with marriages. You know, people get married once and then they get married again and then again. And they basically married the same person. They're just in a different body. Yeah. But, you know, they keep, the, keep getting the same outcome. So I think you don't want to keep repeating those patterns. And a close friend who will tell you the truth is a great way of really getting a wake-up call. Um, now, we play that role in Married at First Sight. Yeah. We're holding a mirror up to these people who probably have never had that happen and saying, you know, that pattern there is going to keep you single. So you change it or you're not going to last. You can play that role. As, as a friend to someone who's single, who's dating, but dating badly. So do, as the friend, do you need to be asked to give that advice or you just think well, as yeah. friends we need to be a little bit bolder and we need to give it? Because it, that can be prickly. I mean, I, I do think, I remember hearing the saying, when the student is ready, the lesson will be learned. Yeah, yeah. So often it will take that person coming to you saying, look, you know what, I'm sick of being single. When they yeah. come to you and they say, my dating life is a disaster, I don't know what I'm doing, have you got any thoughts? That's when you can line them up and say, all right, this is how you got to do it different. And, um, and then it becomes intentional. 
we're almost in the same profession here, Sam, because I'll get clients ringing me saying, you know, I keep going out with the same guy. Yeah. Uh, I use this site or this app, and for the last six months, all they want is sex. I say, well, have we thought about getting off that app? Really? Yeah, what a wacky idea. And it's the same with fitness, you know, doing something over and over again but not getting any outcome. Yeah. And then someone external saying, all right, well, let's shake it up. If you want different, you've got to do different. And a lot of the time in relationships as in fitness, you know, it is you being responsible and saying, I'm going to shake this up and do it in a way that's going to get me a different outcome. And that I think as, as single people, you really want to take on board the responsibility it's your mindset, ultimately. Yeah. If you're dating, you're single, you've got to have a mindset of dating up. I'm yeah. looking to date someone who is top tier, who's going to treat me well, and who's going to meet my needs. And anything else less than that, I'm not going there. But there's plenty of guys out there like that. If you're a couple, what you want to be thinking is, okay, my relationship is the most important thing to me. It's front and center. So I do little things daily and often that are intentional to bring my partner close. If you do those things, then you're gonna be in a great relationship. I hope you enjoyed that little bonus episode. If you have any people that you would like to hear us speak to, please send through your suggestions. You can do that through the Woodlife Facebook page or Instagram account, just send us a message, or you can send us a voice message with the link in the bio, and I'll talk to you soon.